0: Welcome to episode 186 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Matt Cassell. Hello. And Ian Sharpley. Hi there. It is Monday night, March 13th.
1: Isn't it easier to go second? It's so difficult to be the third guy all the time because you have to bring something different than what I did. I could do whatever I wanted as the first one to say hello. I... I almost always say I just say
2: hello all the time. I I never change it. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower. But you get to freestyle. You, you get today? to do everything. What did I had you to. Why ch- well, I had to change it? I don't even remember. It was ten you seconds said, Hi, ago. there I had to. But, it was, but it was I got. Super but I felt subject. the freedom. It was like this weight was lifted there off was me. There no was freedom. Like, I freedom. Do
1: anything I want. I could do anything I wanted. Yeah, that's right. You were limited because you couldn't follow up. Because I was like, you had all hello. These- you can't go hello right after me. You have to go.
0: You had at least one option taken off the board.
1: Exactly. Guess how many options I had taken off the would board. Would you like to? Would you like to go second from that one? No, I, I like the want, challenge. <laughs> but every once in a while, it's fine to. I wouldn't want to burden it up. you, Matt. I know you wouldn't, but I wouldn't want to. Right.
2: You
0: know, you guys can say the same thing. You can both go hello or hi.
1: Hey, uh, it's me. Do you know? Well, okay. So anyway, Paul, we're not here. Only to podcast. you can say that because he is not Italian. <laughs> uh, what are we talking
0: about tonight? We're gonna talk about the decline of the toy market in America. America. So interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I think it is interesting. You know, our uh, the majority of our listeners, I think, uh, grew up with a huge, huge action figure. In Toy Market, and uh, now nowadays it just seems to have
2: fallen by the wayside. It's a, it seems, it's a dying dinosaur. It seems that way, but we'll dig into whether that's just our perception or, or what reality has in store. It's called a tease, folks. And who teases best?
0: Ian Sharpley. So why don't we have him do housekeeping?
2: I was going to throw it over to Matt if
1: he wanted to do housekeeping. I don't have my notes prepared, Ian, so why don't you take it this week? All right, no problem. As all of you know,
2: we have a website. It's mixsauce.com. You can find the comic strips that Paul and myself do. We have reviews. Paul does some nice reviews of the comic books that he reads every week. And you can also find the link to this podcast. So if you go to mixsauce.com, you can find all of those different items. You can also follow us A variety of different ways. Facebook's a good way to be updated with the things that we're doing, and you can also check out the MixSauce Instagram page and see some behind-the-scenes art and things like that. So, MixSauce.com is where you need to go, and all your other social media outlets have a little sprinkle of MixSauce in them as well.
0: Thanks for that housekeeping, Ian. I don't think we let you know how much we appreciate that on a week to week basis. Oh, you do. We do?
2: Mhm.
0: What happened to the old days when you used to make it lively? I don't you know, used man. It's tied it into the theme.
2: Uh. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't we get into the uh to the theme?
0: So, uh, tonight's tonight's episode is is about uh the the maybe dying dinosaur that is the action figure market. I've done absolutely no research on the action figure market. I can just tell you what I think about where the action figure market went, where it's going, but why don't we turn things over to Matt, our resident researcher on specific topics like the <laughs> action figure market.
1: Um, I'm not the resident researcher. I mean, I... I posed the question I posed the question um earlier in the week. What what happened was I was at um I was at the comic book store on Wednesday night and Which comic book store? Uh Duncan Comics, shameless plug. Duncan Comics who had a drunk driver drive through the front of the store on Thursday night, Friday morning, aka Friday morning. Um and uh yeah. Um might make uh Wednesday's trip kind of interesting, but um nobody was hurt. It was middle of the night. They took the drunken idiot to jail and that's that's that. I
0: can't imagine repairs are losing underway. control of my car enough that I go through a storefront.
1: Well, the store is really close to um the road. It's it's truly like a car length away from the road. Yeah. There's really no parking lot. It's just spaces and then the road. Yeah, I can't imagine thinking th- the, after
2: you go through like, oh wow, I crashed my car into a building. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, she said that uh, she was trying to get to Turtle Creek, which <laughs> is which is which is <laughs> through Duncan. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> That is amazing. Yeah, <laughs>
0: of course it
1: was Turtle a, Creek, which is of course nowhere, it was a woman driver, which is nowhere near uh, where where Duncan Comics is. Approximately
2: a forty-minute
1: drive, not even close, right? So, um, so while I was at the shop last Wednesday, um, a mere uh, twenty-four hours before tragedy struck, I had asked. Tom, and another friend of mine, Jeff, who also owns a comic book store, Arkham Gift Shop. Shameless plug. And uh, I asked those guys, as I was looking at all the action figures in the store, I said, how how are you guys doing with your action figures? And um, they both basically concurred. Not that great. Um, They don't sell them, certainly, like they used to, and frankly, they sell them badly. And I... I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought it was something that Mixos should investigate and we should at least give our uh, non-professional opinions and um, kind of get to the bottom. Why is it that uh, action figures aren't, aren't selling at certain comic book stores, at least, uh, if not all over the entire market?
0: Well, isn't the comic book store Action figure market a lot different than Target's or Toys R Us's action figure market. Yes, yes, because absolutely. The, the comic book store market is a collector's
1: market, exactly, and, and that's what I'm referring to when I talk about this. You know, we're, like I don't care how toys are selling for six years old, six year six year old kids, uh, but I am you know semi interested in what is the market for collectors like because. I think me and you two guys we were all collectors at one point with action figures and that's something that all three of us have basically stopped doing but in the 90s and into the early 2000s we were all pretty feverish about our you know our collecting our collecting with with toys it was like for me it started uh, when the Power of the Force figures came back in 1990, uh, what was it, Paul? Was it 95, 96? Yeah, uh, when it had to be. <coughs> yeah, it was. It had
0: to be 96 because I was, um, I was, I was out of high school. What was
1: what was special about the Power of the Force action figures when they came back in 1996? Ian, you look is, like you want. Is wanna- this a trick question? No, it's something that we're all going to agree on. Well, but steroid regulation was out <laughs> in the toy business
2: in 1996. So, just much like baseball, where you could see the gods of the diamond, Jack homers left and right. The Power of the Force action figures had a specific build to them. They were pretty ripped, if I remember correctly. The and
0: this was the a New Hope Luke Skywalker. Yeah, who it who was deep, just it was the deep jacked. Demons. In the tunic and like you could see his, his just ripped pecs,
2: like like his oh. nipples <coughs> ripping through the
0: tunic. It was the Han on. Solo figure was also pretty diesel, but he was fully clothed. But like the Luke with the low V cut and that
2: white tunic was like holy shit, it was crazy. And I'm a big Star Wars fan, not so much I. Whenever these figures came out, mm-hmm. um, I it was kind of a low point in my Star Wars fandom. But I didn't like the particular look of those figures, so I was out. I, de- I don't think I own
1: any Power of the Force. You didn't get any. I didn't get any. So let me tell you a little a little action figure story, Ian. Back in 1996, young Matt was 15 years old, maybe 16. I don't know. 15, 16. I don't think I could drive yet, so I'm going to say I was 15, and I knew those figures were coming out because I had seen a small picture of them that appeared in a magazine. I think it might have been Wizard Magazine, Uh, the great comic book magazine from the 90s that gave us all the latest news and updates on the comic book world before um, the birth of uh, the internet. So. I saw this picture and they must have said like summer of 2016 and I was like, awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. What did I say? 2016. No. Last year. That, no, it was, it was summer of 96. And so what I did was I can remember daily in the summer I would fucking call, um, the store was called Service Merchandise at Ross oh, Park man. Mall. I remember Service and Merchandise. And I would call Service Merchandise daily to see... Did you guys get in the new Star Wars action figures? No, dork. Click. And it was such a big deal because there hadn't been a Star Wars action figure since... What was the last ones? Probably the Ewoks and Droids ones, Paul? Uh, 80, 85,
0: looks like. Power of the Force came out in 95. Uh, The last of kenner's quote-unquote vintage line was 85
1: okay so there you go so it was it was 11 years since there had been any kind of star wars line and in my head i was like i'm gonna be one step ahead of everyone because i'm gonna keep mine in the box this time i'm gonna collect them and i'm gonna keep them in the box and then i'm gonna sell them in a year for a hundred dollars a piece
2: (laughs) i'm gonna be rich
1: look out now right um Plus, I was super excited to get these Star Wars toys. As a matter of fact, I probably wasn't thinking about selling them, but I was thinking how they would be super valuable, and were Star Wars on top of that, so that's great. So, they came out, and yeah, they looked ridiculous. Luke and Han are clearly on steroids. Chewie is probably juicing as well i think even even obi-wan
2: was taking the needle at that point he was pretty even
1: princess leia because she was very china-esque princess china (laughs) princess china she didn't look real good but it was funny um aside from that there were some other like miscues with these figures do you remember the lightsabers on darth vader and obi-wan and luke all had they were about an inch longer than they should they have been were like bow staffs yes with a hilt on one end right they were darth <laughs> maul before darth maul
0: <laughs> it was like javelin i made and I'm, I'm sure i've shared this story on uh at some point on the podcast in one of these 185 episodes but i made a parking lot uh car trunk deal for a long sabered first run Luke Skywalker.
2: Yeah, I think you have told told uh the fans about that blowjob yeah. that you gave. Uh I didn't
0: I didn't oh. Oh, I didn't give a blow job. I just needed to needed to pull some early information uh when when a couple uh boxes were coming into Toys R Us. And uh yeah, yeah, got that figure. It's still it's actually down here somewhere.
1: That's cool. So uh, it, do you remember how they came out with the the orange carded and then shortly after the orange carded figures they quickly transitioned to the green carded Yeah remember that same figures on some yep. of them would be on orange and then the green but it was always more valuable to have the orange ones It was a big deal like you would scour through racks and racks of um Figures at Toys R Us or Walmart or wherever looking for, you know... There was a run on those figures.
0: We kind of played it down, you know, your money-making, get-rich-quick scheme. But when those figures came out, there was an urgency. There was an excitement. There was. Um, You know, There there was a lot of... You know, I was working at Toys R Us at the time. So like I was there firsthand. Mm-hmm. I guess I worked at Toys Ross maybe a year after they were released. So I wasn't there the first day they came out, but um I had plenty, plenty of people show up. they were waiting for the doors to open and they'd come in and they'd request they'd request like specific box numbers, like uh shipping numbers yep. from Kenner and I'm like, You fucking maniac, I work here and I don't know where that I don't know what
2: that is. It was insane, man. Um I don't remember any of this madness. Like I had started working at Toys around 1998, so it was way past the time of all this mania. We still, in the front feature shop, whenever I started working there, there still was the big Millennium Falcon and the Power of the Force toys in the front of the store, but all the hype had died down at that point. We weren't getting... Big crowds or a lot of people asking for. Well, box it wasn't
0: numbers. like that happened
2: with the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I remember wasn't, that. It was.
0: It wasn't. Well, I, st- I started working. <clears throat> I started working there probably maybe a, a little bit before you, but it was never. It was never the hype of Furby release or the Phantom Menace. Phantom stuff. Menace was
2: crazy. I but remember that. But it was.
0: Um, but it was the collector market, uh, mm-hmm. and like coming out and requesting, you know, you have the grito on the red card and blah blah blah. So like there was a bit of a fervor about
1: it. It was it was reminiscent of what comic book buying was like in the early 90s. Um and it was it was fun, but it was a little stressful to say the least. Like you would go on action figure runs. Like I remember somebody would say, Oh, I saw those, you know, star Wars guys over at the toys R us on McKnight road or whatever. And you would rush in your car to get there before some asshole snatched them all up. And that way you could be the asshole and snatch them up. (laughs) I remember hiding action figures in weird fucking places in Toys R Us, because I couldn't afford it at the time, but I was like, I'll get paid tomorrow, I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll buy this. But for now, this shit is hiding out in the Barbie Power Wheels section.
2: This seems to be your go-to maneuver. Now, I did the same thing, but mm-hmm. I did it as an employee. So my my hidden sections were in the booth behind the case of Game Boy games and shit like that. Right. Um, but you mentioned a couple of episodes ago about... Going to a uh, uh, you know a store and hiding comic books under the that's, base how, decks I got, that's how I got that's how I hid that. my savvy um, little fucker back in the day.
1: Well, what are, what are you to do? There you can't put a, uh, an action figure on layaway, can you?
2: I don't think so. And you can't blow people in the parking lot like Paul did. You were too young at that point.
1: Well, that and I don't think I have the skills that Paul has for such that's a feat. True, <laughs> boy, can I suck a dick? Uh but but it, it anyway. The point is. At one time, and I I believe that the whole um, resurgence, or I don't even know if it was a resurgence, but the, the industry boomed in 1996. I felt like that Star Wars line absolutely kicked off the action figure market uh, for, for collectors. Paul, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it had a lot to do with Star Wars being... Uh, star. Star Wars figures are the greatest action figures like they're the ones that started
1: the big whoa, whoa, action whoa. figure collecting hey, craze in the i'm a big star wars fan but they're to simply say that the greatest action figures is that true i mean
0: by that i mean the most coveted i don't mean like the the best articulated how about why don't we
2: say the this? best pain they're the original they're the granddaddy of them all they're the basis in which all action figures have sprung from nobody gives a shit about those Eight foot tall GI Joes that they had back in the sixties. The modern action figure is the Star Wars, you know, styled action. figure. Yeah,
0: the the collectors market the three, for action figures began with the three and three quarter three quarter inch. inch Star Wars figures. So, you know, after five points of
1: articulation.
0: Yeah, and after that's the, all you
2: need. Throw them in the
0: sand. It really is. That's that's absolutely all you need.
1: When you Um, played with your action figures, your Star Wars action figures, this goes for both of you guys, and you wanted your guys to run, now remember, Star Wars action figures did not have knees. They did not bend at the knee, so they only bent at the hip, right?
2: This is going to be great for a non-visual
1: medium. When they ran, oh, people can't picture, everyone listening knows what I'm talking about. When they ran, when you had your action figures running when you're playing with them, did you do anything with their legs? Like, did you separate them a little bit? Did you have them doing the splits? Did you just have them hop around? Is that how you had them run? I had them do the splits to really emphasize fast running. And I remember my friend Craig as a kid, he would just slightly separate their legs. And I would say, then he's walking. No, he's running. No, he's not. That's walking. You, Craig hated your guts. Well, I know Craig. Craig has told me.
0: I can't believe he would bust on me for my five point of articulation leg spread when I was making those ancient figures. He also,
2: I did not. But after almost two hundred episodes of this show, (laughs) I totally can believe that he would (laughs) bust Craig's
1: poor, poor little. Five-year-old balls. Well, Craig was one year older than me. We're but, still on Craig's side. But you know what? Let me tell you something. I also do not approve of the sound effect that Craig used Can I? Can I guess it? Can I guess for it? For lasers.
2: Oh, oh. Okay, go ahead. I was gonna. Did, did you have a walking sound effect? No, no, no. no. You, you didn't do a
1: <gasps> little, No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't do a little. It wasn't Paul's sh- dick sucking sound effect. Yeah, I mean that's you, once again parking, parking lot sound. blowjob sound. Um, it was. Do you want to guess it? What it might have been? Oh pew, yeah, yeah. pew 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 would have been better. It was chew chew. Oh fuck you, Craig! I'm out. I'm out, <laughs> Matt Nation. <laughs> That didn't take long. Spread those legs, baby. I honestly don't remember.
0: Convenient. Convenient. Let's roll, Craig. Right under the bus, and we don't have a comparison. (laughs) Are you still on Matination? Because that sounds like Dirty Pool, doesn't it?
1: I'm a little shaky. Yeah, you don't remember your laser sound effect? I don't. Um, I know it wasn't Chew, because I remember as a kid thinking, Overruled! That doesn't sound right. Paul, do you
2: remember yours? Mine was a legitimate pew-pew. I can't even remember if, how I made
0: them run. What's wrong with you two? Aren't there oh. any more important things filling oh, your brain I'm sorry. than how you made your Star Wars figures run? It
1: was just a question based on the limited articulation of said figure. Now, if this is too uh, in depth for you to get into on the McSauce Comic Book podcast, then hey, go ahead and switch topics if you don't like it. Go Shit, ahead. Is this
2: the part where I tell them to shut the fuck up and then we fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be now Go <laughs> Hey shut the fuck up
0: <clears throat> The Star Wars figures were The granddaddy They kicked everything off They created the action figure market They did And it was also It was also during a time where um A lot of other products Had A lot of other properties Had Good action figure Runs because it was the age of action figures. This is not the age of action figures. So when the Power of the Force figures came out, it was a throwback to you know all of the to everyone's nostalgia from getting shit when they were kids. Mm-hmm. So everyone like us went out and we didn't care if plus you know it was Luke Skywalker with Arnold Schwarzenegger's body. Well, it was a new Luke Skywalker figure. We we wanted it.
1: Mm-hmm. It was it was exciting because. Also, there wasn't anything new Star Wars at all to this point, right? It, we mm-hmm. weren't quite at the special editions, um, you know. Um, Weren't it, the special editions out around that time? 97. 97? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but as of this point, all we had were the, were the toys. Mm-hmm. That was the only new shit. You know, there were some novels and things, but um, as far as merchandise, this was pretty much it, you know? Um and I find it interesting that Star Wars kind of really kind of kicked off the action figure market but then it also sort of created the collectors market you know 15 years later whatever it was and I think that's really cool um but it almost feels like Star Wars might be semi responsible for the downfall of the action figure market in a weird way with an oversaturation. I don't know. That's something we can get into, but I've got some of my own theories on kind of what happened to that collector's market. Cause Ian, as we did a little bit of pre-show research, the action figure market in general is actually doing pretty okay. And it's doing better in the last year than it had in previous years. Right. Which is interesting. If I can make just one quick point, um, with the Disney Infinity line imploding, they call those, um, what do they call them? Toys to Life? Is that what that that is called? That I, shit. They call you, those
2: zero
0: points of articulation.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Where you put I, it on a. I don't know the Toys to Life, um, that that uh, jargon that you're using there. I, I, I don't know. They, I mean, d- did the Infinity market implode? Don't those those um, action figures still? Aren't they able to be used with the uh, um, the Wii and the Wii U and all all that stuff? Well,
1: <clears throat> yeah, or, um, but the Disney or Infin- PlayStation
2: stuff. I'm sorry, that's emojis. That
1: the are, Disney Infinity um, line ended, right? You know that. I didn't know that. No. Yeah they they canceled the line. They completely pulled the plug on something that I thought was doing really well, but apparently they're expensive to make, and Disney was like, meh. No, we're we're not going to do this anymore. They look
2: awesome, too. Which was
1: crazy, because they were having these... Yeah, they looked really cool. They had Star Wars and Marvel, plus regular Disney-type properties. But they got out of it. You knew that, right, Paul?
0: I did not know they were quitting the Disney Infinity. Figures.
1: It was like a year ago. Yeah, that's
2: pretty surprising, especially since it ties into... All the, all the um, gaming consoles, and there, I feel like there's a lot of things that you could still do with those, um, with that technology. Yep. But
1: Yeah, if you happen to go into like the video game section at Toys R Us or Target, you're not going to see any Disney Infinity stuff anymore. Oh, shit, gone.
2: that's a bummer, because I really liked all that stuff. I always wanted to get, um, there was this two-pack of Spider-Man and Nova. That. You might
1: be able to hunt it down. Yeah. Like all that shit got clearanced right at the end. Yeah. Um. But that was months ago. I'm, that's really surprising that you guys didn't yeah, know. Yeah.
2: I. Uh, yeah. I don't
1: mm. know. And I have a connection in the industry, and she let me down. <laughs> um. But the, even in spite of that, apparently toys are still selling. But I don't think they're selling so great in specialty shops or comic book shops, and that could be. That
2: could be the case. I mean, there's no... It doesn't look like on the toyassociation.org. They don't break it down into collectibles or specialty items. They just have a action figure and accessories block, which, according to this, has been climbing pretty steadily since uh, 2013. It's up, it looks like, from um, from 2015 to 2016... It's it, it's it's down one percent, but from 14 to 15, it was a jump of nine percent. So I'm and, and it looks like it's it's climbed pretty solidly since 13. And when you really think about it, I mean, there are so many properties, especially with Star Wars, the you know, the granddaddy of them all coming back with new cartoons, new movies every year that's a major generator of mm-hmm. money for the action figure market. All the all the DC movies, all the Marvel movies, I would think also would have a big hand in churning out some bucks for the action figure market. Um, collectibles, however, I, I mean, I don't know. It seems like, Matt, y- you mentioned the other day that the... Collect the the action figures. The price point on some of just the regular action figures has jumped pretty considerably since the last time that I bought them. At least, right?
1: So we're not going to talk. We're not talking like a regular Star Wars guy that you can get at Target. Right? Those are like what nine, ten bucks now. Which is funny because I, if I'm not mistaken, they were four ninety nine back in 1996. Right. When <clears throat> we started getting into that. So shit. instead of Instead of
2: the the money's been inflated, instead of the muscles, like the power of the force exactly, figures.
1: exactly, the money's been shooting up. So, a lot of the specialty shops carry they call them uh, direct action figures, meaning they get them directly from like the comic book distributor Diamond right so these are called DC Direct DC has their own line of action figures that are based on specific artist renditions of classic characters like Superman, Batman, Justice League and they're cool but they also cost a lot of money if you go on DC Direct's website you could see it I was just looking at a Batman that has it's the animated series Batman he's got a bunch of different heads you can like swap in and out Looks really cool. It's like twenty eight bucks, twenty nine bucks, yeah, for an action figure. Um, A lot of the action figures are at that price point. So when I asked Tom, who owns Duncan Comics, shameless plug, and Jeff, who owns Arkham Gift Shop, shameless plug, that one I felt some shame with. Um, They they both said that the they have priced themselves out of the market. Like people aren't spending that on on an action figure anymore. I mean, let's face it. I don't think action figures have gotten better in terms of sculpts or paint jobs in the last 15 years compared to like when they were, uh, maybe some of the Star Wars ones are better than they were in that first run. But like, I think a, a regular Star Wars guy now doesn't look any better than it did in 2000.
2: I think the DC Directs they do have a pretty unique sculpt. They do nail the artist's style pretty close and they do a lot of they offer a lot of um, a lot of cool things that you won't, wouldn't see in the store. They have that uh, Dark Knight Returns collection that I think is pretty cool. Um, well,
1: I agree with that, but I would say that the McFarlane Toys line from <clears throat> McFarlane Toys started, I think it was 1997, it started under the moniker Todd Toys. Do you remember that, Paul? Nope. Well, it did. So, it started out with, it had a line of action figures, because McFarlane wanted to create Spawn figures, and... He also
2: was a little disappointed with the quality of it Current wasn't it
1: figures. wasn't what it needed to be so what did he do he created a toy company which helped spawn his empire no pun nyark, intended nyark. uh that that he became like a billionaire over um and the toy line this was the beginning of it he had four action figures he had spawn he had the clown violator and maybe did that he have was midi- it. did he have medieval spawn as well Maybe medieval spawn was that, one of them. I,
2: I think that that was the, was the other fourth offering.
1: one. Yeah, um, and then and, I
2: think Angela came out with the second series. Yeah,
1: there was Angelo finally came Sam out. Which maybe? Yeah, those were all down the road. But the the initial ones, they had very specific packaging. I remember they were in that like that clamped shut plastic that you need like scissors to open it or a katana blade, <laughs> right? Um, and. Uh, you know, they look good. They were like nice looking action figures but it wasn't until a few like series in that those things started I, I still to this day think for the nicest action figures ever produced. They were essentially little mini statues that had like two points of articulation and weird articulation like the character's thigh would move in the middle of his thigh it would swivel right he had or, thigh and eyebrow articulation. yeah right it was it was like so weird and there was no way you could pose that character other than the pose that it was meant to be in that looked normal so it's like why did you bother just make one hunk of plastic and being someone that just Put, like kept them in the box i didn't care anymore at that point you never opened them and set them up on i opened some but most i did not open yeah
2: i opened all my stuff i had tons of yeah McFarlane toys and spawn it, on you like know what? a throne and it shit. looks
1: it looks better out of the package but like i was so enamored with this is worth this much and this is worth that much And I would get Toy Fair magazine had a price guide in the back and you would read, oh my God, this is worth so much money. How dumb? Because it's all worthless now. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, right? Yeah. I, I collect things,
2: but I never feel like I'm a collector in that way. I never look at the things that I purchase as so precious that I can't enjoy them. So I would always open all of that McFarlane toy stuff. Yeah. Paul, you never, you
1: never opened your stuff, did you?
0: Yeah, you did. Yeah, I opened everything because I, I wanted to fuck around with it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to feel it. I thought that you had about. all
1: your Star Wars stuff in boxes.
0: Um, I have I have all of the boxes, and for everything,
1: right? But um, characters that you bought on blister packs, you would open every one of them.
0: Yeah, I also have a lot of um, a lot of doubles that aren't opened up. Uh, but I have the entire run of. Twelve-inch figures, the the Barbie style ones. Oh, I up remember until, those. Yeah, up until the I got through the first wave of Phantom Menace figures, and then I then I quit. Matt, um,
2: I wish you would have been friends with Paul when he was in his. But they're apartment all in they're Brentland. all opened up. I I like the way that you had him displayed. He had his bedroom and. In his bedroom, you did you build the shelving that went all around your bed? Yeah, I put
0: up I put up shelving that sat about one and a half feet, maybe just one foot yeah, probably one and a half to two feet down from the ceiling, all around the top of the bedroom, and had all of the twelve inch figures in chronological order.
2: Yeah, it oh was really God. it was
1: really cool and so
2: insane
1: that sounds like the bedroom of a serial killer that likes star wars it was fucking
2: awesome but it also played into paul's ocd nature
0: it did. It it, abs- it absolutely played into Paul. Did you buy?
1: Did you buy some of the McFarlane stuff? No, like no,
0: because I, I wasn't into any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, but like some of it was just so cool. Like he would do his version of the Wizard of Oz, or you know he would do. You know
0: I did. I the only McFarland figure I got was the, um, Christopher Walken headless horseman.
1: Okay, from I Sleepy that, Hollow. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That was that. That was that was the only
1: one. because
0: like stuff stuff looked cool yeah they didn't they do like the dark fairy tale line yeah they did
1: fairy tales like these things were so cool looking but you can see over the years um if you look at some of the the sports guys like uh let's say you get a steelers player from a, a couple years ago steelers wear yellow pants well back in like early 2000s they would have been painted that yellow now it's molded out of that plastic like yellow plastic and it looks shitty like there's no paint to it it's it's not good i think those are the only like those are the only action figures that i still
2: kind of buy or i'll get as gifts once in a while yep are the sports ones i currently uh, along the uh, the top of my computer desk i have mean joe green heinz ward Palomalu. Um, Joey Porter, mm-hmm. Bettis, and then I also have the Heinz Ward from the in like the variant from the Dark Knight when he was uh, oh, yeah. playing for uh, the Gotham Knights. I have that too, but I I mean those are the ones that I still I, st- I still get. And I always like the sports ones. I thought those were high quality sculpts. Even even now, even at this mm-hmm. point, I think I have a Sidney Crosby that is within the past. Maybe three or four years. That mm-hmm. looks pretty good.
0: I got a I got maybe like a foot high Wayne Wayne Gretzky. Maybe like a foot and a half tall Wayne Gretzky from his it's when he has his hands above his head from his thousandth point with the Kings. But I don't know if that's McFarlane or not, but it's a very detailed um it's I don't wanna call it a statue because it's not A statue but it's statuesque
1: well that kind of brings me to like what I kind of why I kind of got out of the whole action figure thing it it became expensive to try to keep up with it and as the prices rose on these figures and but I think you hit a point where stuff is just it's taking up too much room action figures take up a lot more room than a comic book comic books are easy to a couple
0: summers ago I sold a shit ton of all that power of the force stuff at uh, at a yard sale
1: why'd you do that
0: just don't need it anymore I'm not gonna get any kind of real financial return on it Like right. that was the best option I was gonna get for peace of mind of you know a, a clean house and actually be, being able to get some money back on it
1: mm-hmm. how much did you make I forget
0: but I was I was I was happy with it um, there wasn't a whole lot of regret um I think one of the big vehicles. I think the Adat, I I sold, and that that was the only one. I came home that night and I was falling asleep, and I was like, "What have I done?" <laughs> but now I feel now I feel okay about it because I think I still have my original like eighty-two Adat around here somewhere.
1: You know, yeah. I I sold my uh, Walking Dead number one, as you guys know, and that's- I don't know why you did that, dude. Because he wanted to get a tattoo. I, I spent it on a tattoo. And I made some decent money on it. Yeah.
2: I don't know, man. I, all that stuff has more sentimental value. It, I,
1: I agree. Yeah. It it really... To this day, I kind of am like, ah, oh, shit, I wish I still had it. But at the same time, all it did was collect dust in a box. And you know what? I... I still have it digitally. I still have the trade paperback. I can read it whenever I want. And you know what? I've got a yep. tattoo now on my arm that I like very much, and that's with me every day. So,
2: I get it. I get it. I just, I, myself, and I know that they the physical copies take up a lot of space and can sometimes be cumbersome. Yep. Um, and you can, it, I know for my collection, I probably have some Good comic books. I've been collecting comic books since I was 11 years old, I think. So I have a decent amount of them, and mm-hmm. old ones, and valuable ones, but. I don't ever see myself uh, selling any of the ones that I cherish. I have a lot of shitty comic books that Mm -hmm. I may one day sell, but none of the ones that would mean anything to me or even the ones that would be a high dollar amount that would mean something to me, like the first appearance of carnage or venom or something like that. I don't think I would sell any of that
1: stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, Like, I get why
2: you did it, but I just don't think I can do it.
1: Well, That's the one. That's the one that kind of irks me sometimes, that Mm -hmm. I wish I still had it. Are you one of those people, Ian, where, uh, you know, if you're into something and then it gets really popular, do you ever think, I was into that shit before everyone else was. Like, it's it's like almost a badge of honor or something. I think everybody has a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, And you maybe
2: look at the people that are into it a little scoffingly like, Oh, you know, it's some new shit for you. Right. But I don't usually, I just enjoy that people are into something Mm -hmm. that I like Mm -hmm. and I like telling them about, Oh, well this is the further history of that new thing that you like. Mm -hmm. I've liked it for all my life. So Mm -hmm. let me tell you about it. Um, Not like, whenever people discover, you know, one of your favorite bands becomes a, uh, they get a, a big major record deal and, and they're on the air all the time. And mm-hmm. you used to have, you know, mixtapes or whatever the shit. Um, I still, I still enjoy the new stuff and, you know. Is that something that you, you don't like it whenever something kind of blows up a little bigger than it used to be?
1: No, I think it's kind of cool, but it it does, I do sort of think, like, wear it with a badge of honor that, like, yeah, I like that before everyone else. Uh, like, well, the only reason why I had The Walking Dead early issues was because I got it when it originally came out. And mm-hmm. that was part of why there was some sentiment, sentimentality there. Is that yeah, the right word? Sentimentality, yeah. And um that was because I bought it the day it came out. I thought it looked cool. Nobody had said anything about it to me. It just looked good to me. From the creator of Battle Pope. From the from the the Savage Dragon letters writer himself, Robert Kirkman. Um yeah, it was a name that I had recognized before anybody else because I read the freaking letters pages. Like and, a psychopath. Yes. there was never a comic book that had more letters pages than Savage Dragon, which by the way, uh, let me, let me give you a quick Savage Dragon anecdote, which I know that's why people tune into this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of Savage Dragon fun facts am I going to get this week? Uh, I was on Twitter lurking as I normally do. And larson eric larson the creator of savage dragon said that uh sales of the book have never been lower Mm. and uh i thought well that's because you're not making a very good comic book like i realize and he was always saying it for years and incorrectly uh, he he makes this comic book for him this i do this book for me first and it's like that's great, but well, that's a that's a
0: weird thing. Like that's a weird thing to put on Twitter,
1: right? That his sales are down.
0: Yeah, like sales have never been lower. Well, Eric. Yeah, Larson, I, I'm trying to remember what the not context out of
1: was. His
2: Twitter personas. To that's, be brutally honest about that's things. the kind of stuff that I feel he puts out into the world often.
1: What just just. Just brutal honesty, or there's a lot of negativity. A a nice,
2: uh, you know, mixture of the two. Nice (laughs) sousent. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. Brutal, saddened honesty. (laughs) Bitterness. Yeah, bitterness. Is that it? I think there's a good. I think there's a good amount of it. I always see him
2: in Twitter fights, so. I mean, That's I when enjoy, he pops into my feed. Isn't I enjoy reading. A long chain of him back and forth with some nuts. He talked
1: a little shit on Alan Moore this past week, too. Oh, did he? I yeah, have to check that shit out. Because um, Kurt Busick, a uh, renowned comic book writer, said something about how uh, Alan, like working from an Alan Moore script is really difficult, apparently. And Larson said he had to draw his script once, and he was like, that was more than enough for me. Or something like that. I mean, I've heard that same thing. Yeah. They're just
2: very exhausted.
1: Was that it? I think so. Well, that's harmless
2: because that's never getting back to Alan Moore and he will also never respond to it. So, right. I always like whenever he's fighting with somebody that's on, like, actually, Mm. just Twitter eggs. That's my favorite. Just people with no profile, just an egg going back and forth with him.
1: What's a Twitter egg? It's
2: whenever you haven't put a profile picture on and you just have the egg icon. Mm-hmm. You're just a
1: Twitter egg. Oh, okay. So anyway, let, let's try to tackle the the question: What happened to the to the action figure market? Ian,
2: I think that it's the pricing is
1: pretty high,
2: and I think that also the much like comic books themselves the target demographic has aged and kind of aged out whether it be that the people that started off buying DC direct they were in their 20s now they're in their late 30s they may or may not have kids they may or may not have enough space to have all this stuff For me, I don't have kids, but I don't have enough space anymore. Well, are we talking about
0: the collector's market or the action figure market in general? Collectors
2: market. Collectors market. Because as we referenced before, the action figure market is going strong. That's fine. It we're just talking about I
0: was really I was I guess I was kind of surprised that there are no Netflix Voltron pilot action figures. You can find yeah. the a couple of the lions. You can find Voltron. You know, little three and three-quarter Voltron. You can find, like, three-foot-tall Voltron somewhere in the middle. But there's no Hunk, Lance, Keith. Like, there aren't any traditional three and three-quarter action figures for the actual characters who would be best suited to make, you know, a three and three-quarter Keith that goes in the... Uh, you know, scaled the proper scaled lion.
2: Well, I guess that all is in Netflix's court, and there's really no way for any of us to know how popular Voltron is. We like it, but there aren't ratings. There well, are no not only that, that but I mean, so if it was wildly popular, Netflix loves money. I'm sure they would make toys.
1: I would expect them to make some kind of collectors well, market type thing, maybe not for kids that you're gonna see at Target, but comic book stores you would expect to have something, right?
0: That's the thing. Like there there are. They're clearly making making an effort to put, you know, action figure products out there, but they are not I don't think they're what people are really looking for. Yeah what, like a lot of the what, charm what of what are you saying? A lot of the charm of the original Voltron toys you know, were those old heavy die-cast lions? You could collect the five lions and put them all together and get Voltron.
2: But don't let that blue lion break off and hit your foot because right, you'll have a broken, broken toe. You
0: know, a little bit later on, you know, they redesigned them so that you could. It came with three and three quarter pilot. You can put them in the lion.
2: They were uh, sort and, of like a hollow plastic.
0: Yeah, they were all plastic at that point, but you could still put a, put it all together. And but this point, like you can't even find this stuff online. It's not even like Target was just out of them. This stuff doesn't exist. And I was really surprised that this kind of thing hasn't been put into motion because the series is a hit. Uh, Maybe it's not hitting what Netflix or you know the powers of B Demon action figure market. You would think that, but it's 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 been greenlit so fast for a third season that it's coming out
2: this fall. Oh, that's awesome! Um, you would think that if Netflix was really on its marketing game, that they would put out Stranger Things figures. They would do Voltron. They would they would leverage those properties that they own and put them out there. But I, maybe that's just not in their wheelhouse. It's up to them. I mean, yeah, maybe like they have the rights. So
1: yeah, I think that probably we'll we'll see that sooner than later. I think that. The action figure market in collector shops, Ian, I think you're totally right on that the, the price is, is probably the biggest factor. But I think for guys like us that when we were in our late teens and early 20s and we were buying all this stuff, it was great and it was fun. You run out of space at some point and then you realize maybe this isn't the greatest hobby because I'm either going to have to get rid of stuff or get additional storage somehow. And so by then also the prices are going up and I think a lot of us fell off. So rather than having a whole new generation of toy buyers come in, they can't do it because that point of entry is so expensive. So there's nobody replacing us as we kind of fall off in the market um, because the the price barrier is ridiculous,
0: yeah, and like personally for me it's a it's a space issue
1: um you yeah. know Phantom has the
0: larger remodeled superpowers figures mm-hmm. um you know the original superpowers figures were three and three quarters you know they all had some kind of action movement, and they they re-released those, and I think they're they're maybe eight inches tall now. And it's it's the same mold, just scaled up. And um, you know, I talked to Tom up there about you know, they because yeah, they have Superman, Batman, Flash, no Green Lantern. But you know, the, that superpowers figure was the first time I ever saw or learned anything about Green Lantern. So I'd I'd like it. I think it would be neat. But I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do with it? Same with all the animated series figures. They look. Amazing. They do. They look so fucking cool. They do. But like I go in, I see, you know, the Tim Drake, and I'm like, I love this character, I love this design. What am I gonna do with that?
2: Yeah. That's what stops me too. I mean, there's no space just like the Yeah Infinity action figures. Like I'd love I would have loved to buy all of those. I thought they looked great, but the fun is like displaying them and I don't have any more room. Yeah,
0: something something needs to be really Really special, really specific. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of years ago, when I was on the hunt for that Skywarp masterpiece, Transformer. I remember that. And um, like that's, like, I got that. It's up. It's got about a bazillion. How points much was of that articulation? Thing? It was 150. Holy crap! I think 100. I think it was 150. Yeah, but it is so fucking cool. That and the Prowl up there. Like those were. T- those were like must-haves.
2: See, I got the Jazz action figure of those masterpieces and I don't think I've ever even taken it out of the box because I don't have anywhere to put it up that should go up somewhere I was (coughs) I was
0: oh I was listening to uh, Justin Case and Jody Urdan on the Case in Point podcast today shameless Shameless plug Plug. (laughs) and uh, they were talking about an old old Happy Meal I think it was a I think it was a Happy Meal deal where if you got the Porsche 911 then you won a real Porsche there's you know some eighties you know promotion for that yeah, and whenever they were talking about that, I immediately went and looked up the Porsche nine eleven and then I was looking up pictures of like the jazz model for the the Porsche mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I should get that fucking masterpiece figure <laughs> because like it like those original transformers designs they're so fucking cool they're so neat. I fucking love them so much. But one, those masterpiece figures are crazy expensive. Like the prowl, your basic regular car size, still seventy five bucks. The fucking jets were are up to like one fifty now. Mm-hmm. Like that shit is so expensive.
1: Um so I think that price is a big one and space, but for me personally, the reason why I think I don't do it, well, I guess space is probably the main thing, but the price is such an issue because the prices are so high. I feel like there is that. Plus the quality has come down in my opinion, compared to like what that price would have gotten you back in 2003 or whatever. Um, you know, the, now these things cost like, a third of what a statue would cost. And statues are usually better sculpts. They're kind of cooler. They're bigger. They feel a little more high-end. And, you know, for refined gentlemen like ourselves, that would look good in the house as a decoration. Action figure looks good as a decoration maybe around your computer or something. Yeah. And uh, it's like if you're going to spend that much, you may as well just get a statue. Like you guys have been over to my place. Like I've got statues up and not really – action figures well again because i'm very refined and suave yes yes so shea (laughs) Casal. that's it well is
0: there a is there a subsection to this market like the pop vinyl market because those are like you know they're not you know like glass case spotlight items but i feel like they almost do fall somewhere between like your computer desk and a bookshelf
2: yeah, I I feel like the people that get the pop vinyls are addicts and they have a wall of pop vinyl figures. <laughs> they can't stop at just one. They have to get all of them and construct like a castle well, that, with them. That's how my that's how my power of the
0: force mania began. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get the lukes. And then it was I'll just get the a New Hope, Millennium Falcon. That's you know, how it always pop, starts. And it was, and then all of a sudden, a, I was, I was fucking tits
2: deep. Yeah, and it's a gateway drug. Figures? Oh, I'm just gonna try a little Luke here. Yeah, and but like you... there,
0: there's a bunch of little goofy, like um, you know, pop, somewhat figures out there. Like every comic shop you go into now at the register, they have like the mystery little figures. I've been you buying. Don't know a few which of one you're gonna get? What'd you get?
1: Uh, I got a couple, I got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, I got a... Uh,
0: which one did you hope you were gonna get, and which one did you get?
1: I really liked the Leonardo sculpt on the back, and I wanted that, but I got a Foot Clan guy instead. Of course, you
0: did. Wah, 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 wah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I, I saw that guy, he's on your desk. Yeah,
1: and then I also got, there's like a, a Monsters line, and, um... I wanted the Elvira in it, but I ended up getting the Wolfman, which I'm pretty happy with that, too. Old-school, old universal Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. But it also had shit like Freddy Krueger and Jason and Leatherface. It had the twins from The Shining. It had... Um, it's pretty
0: extensive.
1: Yeah, it had Jaws was one of them. What's that? Who's that? Oh. Uh,
0: yeah, there's, um, like, I... Whenever I was still going to um, New Dimension, that's when the Transformers line was coming out. And like they did the first wave, and the first wave was, you know, exactly who you think those six figures were going to be in the first wave. But the second wave had Prowl in it. (laughs) And Prowl is my guy. I understand they just killed him in the comics. He was the first casualty of Generations War or
2: whatever. I don't know. They kill Transformers all the time, bud.
0: This was this was apparently pretty big. Because I've seen this pop up in multiple sources. But like Prowl was always always my favorite transformer besides. Law and Prowl. Order. <laughs> Law. Yeah, Law and Order. And um like I wanted I wanted that one. Uh I bought two. He was the second one I got. I lucked out. The first oh, nice. one was the Insecticon Shrapnel. Who's also pretty neat. He's the one that has yeah. like the he turns into a beetle. He has, like, the antenna out of his have, back or something.
1: Have you seen some stores will have the opened one? And if you get one you don't like, you can trade yeah. for the open one. Your crappy one can replace See, that's that.
2: that's why I don't like mystery box shit. Like, I don't want I to I like be... that idea, though. I, yeah. I love yeah.
1: that. I think it's cool, and, and it reminds me of what it was like buying, you know... Ian, I bought the... Um, the first thing that I got that really, like, got me into comic books was actually the Marvel series of of trading cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was in 1990, and I got the entire series after I bought probably 100 packs. And you didn't know who you are
2: going to get. I think that that's acceptable risk-reward for trading
1: cards. Yeah, but the... The risk reward starts to get narrower and narrower and narrower the more you get out of the set. So, by the time I only needed card number three, The Incredible Hulk, Paul, as you know, it was becoming more and more dicey. And you would buy a a pack and they were a dollar a piece. And that was high because normally you might as well just get a comic book at that point. Right. So then you don't get the Incredible Hulk. All right, I'm going to buy another pack and another pack and another pack. You know what I had to do? Some kid at my school got a whole box of them and he's like, yeah, I got a Hulk. I could sell it to you.
2: So you blew him in the parking lot?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, um, two things. And his name was Paul. (laughs) Two things. Uh, The Phantom right now has has little DC mystery figures like that. Mm -hmm. But... And there's, like, a Superman, Supergirl, Batgirl. Uh, they have the, like, Supercat, Crypto. But they're all, the the designs are all very feminine. Mm-hmm. And outside the Superman, they this is a collectible for girls. And, like, I'd love to have the Superman because he's he's just neat looking. And it's Superman. But, like, damn it, I know I'll get, like, super feminine, like, Supercat Cat. I don't even know what that cat's fucking
2: name is. That would be an affront to your masculinity. And, I, like, I just
0: don't want that figure. But if they had, like, the Transformers ones that were just throw out, just make a fucking DC collectible like that, where you can get just, like, a a standard pop vinyl style, like, Booster Gold, Etrigan, you know, Zatanna, like, whoever. Like, I, I would be into that. And yeah, Matt, the the card collecting game, the sticker book game, is a slippery slope. You can get yourself into some big trouble.
1: But uh, what are you supposed to do once you get that close? You're one away. I but especially know. Back you can't in the just day, quit. In
2: the early '90s, there was no other way to get those cards. You had to just keep buying and keep buying. I, I started with the G.I. Joe cards. That was my first entry into I it. I
1: remember those. Those were good, too.
2: And I got a lot of those G.I. Joe cards, and then I started slowly to work into the, the Marvel cards.
1: I never really liked the Marvel
2: Masterpiece
1: cards, though. No, not as much. Ones. Not as much. The The Marvel series one. Yeah. The very first series was the best. It was. It had your heroes, then it had your villains, then it had first appearances famous battles they had they most importantly
2: it was all it was still during the time when the image car when the image artists were still marvel artists so i think the spider-man card was eric larson if i'm not Wrong in the X Men. I think they split them up into blue and gold. No, no, um, am I
1: not in series one? Eric Larson didn't do in the series who one did, card. Who did the Eric or who did the Spider Man? I, I, I don't know. It was kind of generic looking. Man,
2: was that series two? I can remember the Spider Man card. The
1: Spider Man card, yeah. I remember the webbing and everything. That was not series one. That was either series two or three, probably two, but anyway. Um. I don't know. After doing this podcast, I feel like I want to go out and buy a fucking action figure.
0: Yeah, the... Like the... I can't find the fucking... I can't find the... The right year that this was. Um, Had, you know... Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I I fell down the rabbit hole. Uh, Got so... So deep uh, into s- <laughs> stealing tons of baseball sticker book stickers from the local grocery store. To try to complete it, had to be the it was either the '87 or '88 MLB sticker book. It was yellow. Jose Canseco was on the cover. I can't find the year that it was, but yeah, it was. I I hit rock bottom <laughs> trying to complete this sticker book, and and I did. It was it it took <laughs> it took theft,
2: but <laughs> it, was, it was the only That's sticker right. book
0: that I ever finished.
2: I yeah, really Matt, you're am- right. That series. Series 2 is the one that I'm thinking of with the Spider-Man.
1: Isn't there like a rectangle kind of on the side Uh, behind them? Is this Series
2: 1? Is that Series 1? That's
1: Series 1, yeah.
2: Is that... so? For you, people
1: unable to see the the visual component here, what Ian just displayed to me was Series 1 Marvel cards.
2: Sal Buscemi, right? Who did Spectacular Spider-Man? I don't know if that's the correct... pronunciation but yeah i want to collect cards now i want to i think we solved the collector's market by talking about it and getting ourselves all hyped up it was the panini
0: 1989 baseball sticker
1: album oh that's awesome Uh, dude i liked sticker books you know what i i I have a i did not get the baseball one my brother had the hockey one um i had the animals one (laughs) I had the animals one. That's
2: weird. Is
0: that you mean like real animals? Like yeah. the animals,
1: the band from the sixties? No, not the Muppet animal. No, the, these were just animals. What it did was it broke out the um, continents, so you would have animals in North America, then South America, and same as like a sports one, but in this case it was animals. How fun!
2: How innocent!
1: Right.
0: Brian and I fell down the rabbit hole maybe four four years ago now. Because we're at the age where, you know, we're able to just order sticker book stickers. So like we got the NHL sticker book from maybe maybe four years ago, and just kept sending away to Tops for more and more boxes of stickers until I we another finished hit those books. Tops. Still didn't finish those books, but we God do we dump so much money. There's into
1: something that. really fun about opening a new pack and just quickly shuffling through the cards and seeing you guys, if you got.
0: Did you guys? Get um, uh, like baseball cards or hockey cards when you were a kid, and buy a box of them because no. there's one thing about buying a pack. But one of my favorite memories in my entire <laughs> life is sitting down with an, an entire box of 1989 <laughs> tops hockey cards and just laboriously. <laughs> taking my time opening every pack, looking through every card. I also completed that set of baseball cards. I feel well, like I you should have a so. card you bought the box. Oh my god, was that fucking that was the best the sitting down the box. only of cards. box
1: I ever bought was the Star Wars Galaxy set of cards. You remember Star Wars Galaxies or whatever mm. it was. Special artist renditions of Star Wars stuff. Again, yeah. these this was probably right around that time, 1996. Um maybe a little bit later, but not much. I don't re- I, I collected
2: the, or, I collected the Return of the Jedi cards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, I've got those. And I also collected, uh, Batman 89 cards. Oh, that's cool. But I never collected any sports cards. Uh, like, just didn't, hmm. I don't think I was into it at that point, so.
0: Yeah, I have a ton of the, um, Superman 1 and 2 cards. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I almost have the full set of those. I, And I I wound up, um, I had so many of the, the original Star Wars movies cards that I wound up hunting down like the handful that I need from Star Wars, Empire and Jedi Yeah, and wound up wrapping, wrapping all those up. So those are also down here somewhere. I
2: have no idea where those cards, they're probably still over my parents' house at this point, but.
1: Well, um, Paul, why don't we get things wrapped up here? I think we've hit time. Yeah,
0: I think I think you're right. Uh is there anything you'd like to add about action figure market collecting?
1: Well, I just wanted to make the point about pop vinyls. Uh somebody brought it up earlier. You're a
0: maniac if you collect.
1: Them. I I agree. I think pop vinyls are the last bastion of the collector's market that's kind of rabid for stuff and it's crossed between like those old collectors that like us that would buy action figures and it's like also the beanie baby type market kind of merged into one and it's not dying fast enough for my taste uh-huh. you know unfortunately is it dying no it's not it but it will um just like all stupid things and it it's unfortunately it's doing <laughs> please direct
0: wh- your emails to a little depressed matt at twitter
1: unfortunately it's it's something that you know some of my friends on comic book stores rely on you know because they do pretty well with these things uh i just can't get behind them i hate them i think they're ugly and stupid looking and um i am ready for the next the next thing
0: uh i I think they're okay you would i think they're all right they're Kind of neat looking, you know. That's kind of interesting the way they design certain characters. We're gonna need a tiebreaker here in that style. Like I don't, I I own, I, I own two of them. I didn't buy either of them. They were both gifts. backpedal like fucking amazing. He
1: looked like so posh. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not not in the. Found one
0: on the street corner. I'm not in the pop vinyl market, but if someone's gonna gift me a Green Lantern or a Wicket, I'm gonna take it. So no. yeah, you know, they're, they're they're cool. Like I have nothing against them, but like I'm not going to go on. Ian, out which and
2: ones out have out you
1: been gifted?
2: Uh, zero. I don't really like the pop finals at all. I kind of think they're stupid too.
1: Neither of you own any? I don't own any. Proudly.
0: Well well done. You're, I'm not as adamant you're both, as Matt, but You're both better men than I am. Oh, well, I didn't just take
2: a, that. I'm just him.
0: a piece of shit. that was gifted <laughs> two Pop final figures. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. My name's piece of shit, Paul McGinty. You are? And I'm
1: Matt Casale.
2: I'm Ian Sharpley.
0: And we'll see you next time.
2: Or a hunk of shit.